So we are starting our new series called True or False. And today is don't, don't swap the truth for a lie. I'm sure you're all familiar with true or false questions on a test. Maybe you encountered them when you were in school. You know, I always hated them. I had a 50-50 shot, and I always felt like I took the wrong shot. But you remember how it works, right? The question comes up, and you'd have to circle true or false. We are going to do that today. I'm going to ask you questions, and instead of circling true or false, if you think it's true, raise your hand. If you think it's false, keep your hand down. That way, no matter what, everybody has to participate. Because if you keep your hands down, you're still answering the questions. <laughs> so, ha! Everybody's getting in on this today. Don't worry, the test isn't graded. I'm not keeping notes up here on how you all do. That's just for you and your heart. I'll just know what to be praying for you. All right, so we're going we're gonna to start the day by looking at the culture around us. You know, it is, it is filled with lies. We see lies in everything. We see lies in government. We see lies in our educational system. We see lies in healthcare. We see lies in social media. They are surrounding us. They have penetrated every part of our life. But in Ephesians 5.16, we're told, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So when we see a lie, we're going to know or we're going to learn how to combat it, how to recognize it, what steps we can take to overcome it. You know, I'll, I'll get into some of the lies that we're seeing right now. You know, schools have adjusted their curriculums. Now, for sex ed, it's not teaching, oh, well, this is the male body. This is, these are the things that it does. This is the female body. These are the things it does. They're teaching, well, you can be whatever you want. If you want to be a boy today and a girl tomorrow, that's okay. You can do that. If you want to do these things, that's okay. That's fine for you. It's your truth. Okay? And then this truth is your truth. Truth doesn't work like that. There is the truth. We see it in healthcare. You know, Sorry, this one just, this one gets me. You know, we see things that say that a child growing in the, womb, in the womb isn't a person yet. It's an embryo. We try to create a distance. We try to detach from it. You know, that it, it has no rights. That... 
that we can make the choice whether, whether that life is worth bringing into the world or not. Did you know that there are, in some states, there are laws that say that you can still have a post-delivery abortion? The child can be born, and if it's still within 24 hours, you can still choose to abort that child? It's true. It's not all over the U.S., but there are certain states that allow that. I can't imagine seeing my baby. I can't imagine holding my baby and saying, no, it's, it's not a person yet. I don't mind discarding it. I cannot imagine that. So, and actually, on that point, we're going to get to our first true or false question. Okay? Are you ready? Okay, so true or false? Scientists have not been able to see the exact moment of conception. Raise your hand if it's true. Leave your hand down if you think it's false. False. By using different types of imaging, scientists have actually been able to see the actual moment of conception, when the sperm and the egg mix and a new life is formed. They've been able to see that. Do you know what they found? A flash of light. A flash of light. John 1.9, the one who is the true light, who gives life to everyone, was coming into the world. When that life comes into the world, Jesus comes in with them. There is that light. And the devil wants to snuff that light out. You know, another lie that we hear is that God is not active, or that He is not present. You know, true or false, God no longer speaks to us directly. He no longer performs miracles. True or false? Everybody's hands are down. That's great. It is false. We are a Holy Spirit-filled church. God talks to us directly. Using the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't tell us anything on its own. What we get from the Holy Spirit comes directly from God. You know, on May 28th, we actually had service at the Robles house. I wasn't there. But at the end of service, everybody was praying in the Spirit. Praying for a Holy Spirit baptism. And there was water baptism. I couldn't make it. I was feeling sick. And as you guys are praying this, I, I was sitting at home. I was just on the couch. I was playing on my phone. And all of a sudden, this wave of emotion hit me. And it, 
it, it came out of nowhere. I had no idea what it was. I started just weeping. My whole body was shaking. I had tears streaming down my face. And I knew I could not hold it back. I just let it happen. And then I heard, pray. I didn't even know what I was praying for. And because I didn't know what I was praying for, I had to just pray in the Spirit. The Spirit knew what to pray for. So I just let it happen. And this continued for quite a few minutes. And then, all of a sudden, the emotion leveled off. I was able to breathe. And then Cynthia calls me. She says, hey, how's it going? I said, well. And she could hear it in my voice that I had been crying. What happened? What's wrong? I don't know. I was sitting here on the couch. And all of a sudden, this wave of emotion just hit me and took over. And then I just started praying in the spirit. I don't know what happened. And then she starts crying on the phone. She knew what happened. You guys were all praying that we would be baptized in the Spirit. And it reached from your guys' prayers. It came all the way up to me at my house. And it hit me too. So you can't tell me that God isn't active. I know the truth. Our God is active. But there are people that don't believe that. One year, um, I, was, I was 19 or 20. I went to work at a Christian youth camp. They needed a lifeguard. I was certified. So they just asked me to come on board. So I did. I was a lifeguard. I was also a camp counselor. And every night, we would have these devotions. And a, a camp leader would come into the cabins. We'd do a devotion together. We'd talk about it. We'd pray, and then um, that'd be the end of our night. And one of our camp leaders came in. And I can't, I can't tell you what the devotion was. I don't remember it. Um, but he said, you know, I disagree with this scripture that... I believe God doesn't talk to us anymore. All we have is the Bible, and that's what we have to base our faith on. He doesn't perform miracles anymore. He doesn't talk to us anymore. We don't see the finger writing on the wall anymore. And I was taken back by it. You know, at, at that time in my life, I, I wasn't going to church very often. I was only going every may, maybe once a month. But I still knew that that wasn't true. And um, you know, he said that, he prayed, and then he left. There was no pause for discussion. He just left. And so I'm sitting in there with this group of boys that are all 11 and 12 years old. I said, is that real? God, God doesn't talk to us. He doesn't answer our prayers anymore? That is not true. I can tell you that God answers prayers. I can tell you, I can give you examples. And I started breaking down, look, when I was five years old, 
God told me, you know, my family was living in California. God told me, you're going to move to Texas. I, I had no idea where Texas was. I went in, I went to talk to my parents. They were arguing about moving. And I went in and I said, guys, God told me that we're supposed to move. And it's somewhere with the T. And dad, actually, my dad had been talking. He stopped and my mom goes, did God tell you Texas? Yeah, Texas, that's the one. She didn't want to move to Texas. Our family was all here. Our friends were all here. But we listened, and God performed many miracles in our family. And I was able to tell him that. And then I was able to tell him stories just from my life. Not, not about our whole family, but just for me. Guys, listen, I was having this hard time. I was able to pray to God. And then I was able to see answer to prayer. And then we started talking, and they'd go, yeah. You know, I remember one time I was praying about something, and then this happened. There you go. See, God still does miracles. You just have to see it. So why, when we can see these things, why do people still fall victim to lies? Romans 1, 18 through 32 this is going to be a long thing. I, when Pastor David sent me the notes, he shortened it up. I'm not saving you that. You're getting the whole thing. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, People have seen the earth and sky. Though everything God ma- through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people, birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who was worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even women turned away from the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned for lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, 
They suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he, aban- he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. These people knew the truth. They were God's people. And they traded the truth for a lie. And they fell under God's wrath. Do not trade God's truth for a lie. Instead, thank God. Thank Him for the cross. Thank Him for an escape from His wrath. That's good news worth sharing. That's the truth. Satan has embedded lies into our culture. He promotes evil because there is no good in him. God is all good. And Satan has rejected God. So there is no good in him. In John 8.44, Jesus says, For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is the father of lies. The devil's reaches everywhere. There isn't, there isn't a part of our lives that he hasn't put his fingers in. You know, there's a, a story of a, of a 12-year-old student that was invited by her middle school teacher to take part in an art club after school. It's a school in Colorado. Her parents gave her permission to go, thinking it's a harmless art club. They had no idea that the club was actually a gay-straight awareness meeting where the 12-year-old was told that if she isn't 100% comfortable with her body, then she is transgender. She was told that her parents are unsafe, that her parents will judge her and lie to her, but that this teacher was safe and was the only safe adult that they could talk to. The teacher then gave her personal contact information to all the students on an on a app called WhatsApp. If you don't know what that is, it's an app on your phone that you can do that just sends uh, text-like messages but over the internet. So your phone 
doesn't hold any record of the conversations. You can delete the app. That conversation is deleted from your phone. There's no proof that you did it. The teacher also told the kids, it's okay to lie to your parents. Don't tell them what this club, is actually, what this club actually is. It'll be dangerous if you do. And this is horrifying on so many levels. Because it wasn't just this teacher that decided to do this. It was a school program that was approved by the administration. That means that the administration said, your parents or you as parents are not good enough to raise your kids. We are going to do things for you. I got to tell you, as a kid, actually, we have a picture of my brother with my mom's high heels on and a dress when he is, I think, four years old. And he is just walking through the living room. By these standards, that means that he is transgender because he was confused. No, my brother was four years old and pretending. These are kids. They are not choosing, well, today I feel like I'm a girl. Or today I feel like I'm a boy. They're choosing, hey, you know what? We're playing a game. This sounds fun. I'm going to pretend to just be something different. It's not defining who they are. They are just having fun. And these people, these teachers, these educators are telling them, no, you are making the decision to be different because you are unhappy with the way you are. And what we tell you you can be will make you happier. It will fulfill you. The little girl went home and she told her parents what happened and they pulled her from the school. There was a lawsuit going on against the school, against the individual teachers for going along with it. Because although this decision came from the administration down, the teachers also had the ability to put an end to it. They could have not supported this program. They could have gone to the state or I don't even know the things that they could have done to prevent this, but they didn't. They saw this lie and they accepted this lie and they chose to pass this lie on to younger generations. I don't hate the teachers. I don't hate the administrators. I hate the corruption that they allow themselves to be consumed by. I'm appalled by their behavior. You know, I want, I want better for our kids. I want our kids to feel safe when they go to schools. I want them to learn truth. But I got to tell you, I'm terrified to send Jaron to school when he gets older. All right, I got another true or false question for you guys. Okay, true or false. As Christians, we are immune to the lies of the enemy. Nobody's raising their hand again. Wow, you guys are on it. Yeah, false. Paul was afraid that the church would be corrupted 
by subtle lies and turn away from Christ. 2 Corinthians 11.3 But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. You know, the interesting thing about Eve, God had told Adam not to eat from the fruit of the tree. He didn't tell that to Eve. That was on Adam. Adam was supposed to pass on the truth to Eve, and he, he didn't. She ate the fruit, and he was right there. He allowed her to be deceived, and then he also falled into the deception and ate the fruit. We have to be aware of the lies. Not just for us, but for the others around us. And when we know the truth, we need to share that truth. Okay, another true or false question. Are you ready? There are subtle little lies everywhere that are easy to believe and hang on to. True or false? True. Yes. I didn't want you guys to just get to sit like this all the time. I had to put a true in there. How many times have you been maybe scrolling on social media and you see a post that says, you are perfect just the way you are? I, would, I am far from perfect. You know, or believe in yourself. You can do it. Believing in myself isn't going to get me to heaven. Believing in myself isn't going to make me able to see all the lies that we're told. You know, how about follow your heart? So what, if I followed my heart, I'd be on a completely different path. I would not be up here. I most likely would not be in this building. And... Those sound like encouraging things. They're subtle lies. But we need to recognize those when they come up. Are you guys seeing how the lies not just can get into your hearts, but the hearts of those around you when you don't Stand up to them. First Timothy four one. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that the last times that in the last times some will turn away from truth and faith. They will follow deceptive spirits, teachings that come from demons. If we start believing the small lies now. What will we believe? What will we fall into? I know that, you know, the, the true or false questions, although they've been serious, they've also just been kind of silly, you know, raising your hand or not. But we walk a true or false test every day. And we, we need to be able to spot it. We need to be able to spot the truth. We need to be able to combat the lies. We need to not swap the truth for a lie. You 
you know, you might ask, with so many lies around us, how can we see what is true, what is false? God is true. God is the author of truth. If he speaks it to us, we can believe it. We can take it to the bank. He's not going to try and deceive us. Why would he? He wants us to join him in paradise. There is no, no wrong in paradise. There is nothing that will come against us in paradise. Why would he try to come against us here? Hebrews 6.18 So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold on to the hope that lies before us. God doesn't change, so his word doesn't change. Have you ever wondered why God's word or why word is so important to God? With his word, he spoke everything into existence. That's the power of his word. He created life with his word. For me, it's comforting to know that his word doesn't change. That his truth doesn't change whenever it's convenient for him. If he says it is true, it is true. It is true yesterday, it is true today, it is true tomorrow. As we go through this series, don't swap the truth for a lie. We'll see God is the author of life. That he tells us the truth. And that we have to stand against the father of lies. So, as we're going to wrap up, I'm going to go over three choices that every believer has to make. Number one, consider where you stand with the truth. In Jeremiah 6, 16, the Lord said to his people, You are standing at the crossroads, so consider your path. Ask where the old reliable paths are. Ask where the path is that leads to blessing and follow it. If you do, you will find rest for your souls. Our culture is feeding us lies. It's trying to make us doubt everything that we believe. So when we get to this crossroad and we look and we go, wow, look at this path. Look at that path. That path seems easy. You know, it's a wide path. It goes downhill. It, it kind of meanders. Maybe I'll take this path. But there's this path over here. It's a straight path. It's a narrow path. There are troubles on that path. But with with God being my compass, with God being my guide, I can get through this path. I can climb those mountains that are on there. I can get through the valleys 
Number two is stand firm in your biblical convictions. In Luke 21:19, he says, by standing firm, you will win souls. Nobody wants to follow you if you're wishy-washy. They don't say, well, this guy tells the truth part of the time. So I'll follow him when he tr tells the truth. But how will I know if he's telling a lie? I'll still follow him anyway. They don't want that. If we look in the Bible, we'll see Daniel was firm in his faith. Even when he was thrown into the lion's den, his faith didn't, didn't waver. He believed, if God gets me through this, great, it will win souls. If he doesn't, great, he will still win souls. If the lions devour me, he will still use it for his glory. But when he walks me out of here, how much more will his glory be? Moses wandered around in the desert for 40 years. The trip from Egypt to the Promised Land could have taken 11 days, and it took 40 years. And although Moses had his bad days on that trip, his faith didn't waver in God. He knew God said, the Promised Land is here. This Promised Land is for my people. I will get you there. He believed it. Our God is a mighty God. If he tells you, I will get you there. I will get you to the promised land. He will get you there. He will get you to that promised land. Now, if you make a wrong choice on that crossroad and you take this windy path, it's going to take you 40 years to get to that promised land instead of the 11 days if you would just follow that straight and narrow. But he will get you there. You know, when Daniel came out of that lion's den, the pagan kings saw the kind of power that rested on Daniel, that God was with him. He earned the trust of those kings because he followed God. He stood firm. When the people were following Moses, when the, the people of Israel were doing what Moses told them came from God, God provided for them. Manna came from heaven. Water came out of rocks. But when they decided to follow their own path, poisonous snakes came down and bit people. You know, they had to wander around for 40 years. Don't be wishy-washy. Have conviction. Stand firm. Number three, live to make a difference in the world. Ephesians 15 through 17. So be careful how you live. 
don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Knowing that there is so much evil in the world, and that the world and the church are both in danger of being victims of the lies. We have to be resolved to live for God. If we're, if we're on the fence, it's easy to get knocked off. It's easy to fall into, te into temptation. You know, if you, if you picture a, a tug of war, you know, you have the rope, and you have two teams, and they're both fighting for control, okay? But you're that rope. You have the world trying to pull you, okay, to whatever, whatever it is that they're trying to convince you is right. And you have God trying to keep you, wanting to keep you safe, wanting to encourage you, wanting to love you, wanting to protect you, okay? You're in the middle. They're both pulling. But at this time as the rope, you choose which side you're going to allow to pull you. Are you going to look and go, wow, that w the world over here looks nice. If I do this, I can have the nicer house. I can have the nicer car. I can have whatever, whatever my heart's desire is. I'm going to go this way. Or you can go, God is pulling me to paradise. How much better will life be if I go the path of love, if I go the path of encouragement, if I go the path of truth? Which way are you going to be pulled? Are you, are you really going to be happier if you get pulled towards that nice house that you think you want, that nice car that you think you want, that relationship that you think you want? Are you going to be happier following God's plan for you? Are you going to be happier having promises fulfilled? I got one more true or false question for you guys. True or false, our Gateway City Church vision is lives changed by Jesus true. I heard it. I didn't see any hands go up. That's okay. I heard it. It's good to speak truth. <laughs> that is true. As a part of the body of Christ and as a church, we need to stand firm in the truth. We need to fight and stand against the dangerous lies of the world. But we need to love people. We don't hate people because of the lies. We hate the lies, but we love the people. Okay, because they have fallen into the lies. We need to show them truth. We need to show them love. We need to be that lifeline for them. You know, 
in a world that that's like a flood. He wants to to consume us. He wants to envelop us. He wants to drown us. He wants to take away our hope. He wants to take away our faith. He wants to drown out the voice of God. We have Christ as our lifeline. And Christ can walk on water. It's written in there. He even called Paul out onto the water to walk with him. He can pull us up out of that flood, out of the the noise of the world, out of the, the trappings of the world. He can pull us up and we can walk over it. And we need to see others that are drowning in that flood. And we need to grab them up so that they can walk with us on top of the water with Christ. Do you think that if the other disciples had said, Lord, me too, I want to walk on the water with you, that he would have said, nope, one's enough, just send me Paul. The rest of you stay on the boat. Yeah. He would have said, let the boat sink. Come on, we'll just all keep walking. We'll all get through this storm. We'll all walk to the other side. Hold hands, you know, I don't want you to wander off. God's promise isn't selective. He doesn't say, I'm sorry, it wasn't Paul, it was Peter. I I apologize. (laughs) God doesn't say, well, my promise is good for Manny, but it's not good for Chris. No, he says, my promise is good for Manny. My promise is good for Chris. My promise is good for Carol. My promise is good for Alice. My promise is good for everybody out there. Everybody this way. Everybody north, south, east, and west. My promise is good for all. My promise is not selective. Do you have that truth in you? Do you fully believe? Do you fully believe that God has his love for you? That he has a promise for you? That he has life for you? If you don't, if you want that truth in you, if you want that promise of life, if you want that promise of love, if you want all the promises that God has for you, if you're willing to accept Jesus into your hearts today, I want you to pray with me. Jesus, you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. We invite you into our hearts today. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Fill us with God's truth. Like a flood, drown out the lies. Wash away the deceptions. Cleanse us of wickedness. We desire to walk with you.
in your glorious love and truth. Open our eyes so that we see you. Open our ears so that we hear your voice. Open our hearts so that we love everyone that you love. We love as you love. And Lord, your love knows no bounds. Your love knows no limits. We want that. We want that and we want to share that. So come, Jesus, take up residence in our heart. Lord, we want to live for you. We love you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. We give you all the glory, Lord. For only you are worthy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If, if there are lies in your life, if there are lies that you have believed that I'm not good enough, that God can't use me, that I am a failure at everything, whatever, whatever it is, if you need prayer to break those lies, please come up. You can grab me, you can grab Cynthia, you can grab Carol. <clears throat> Come up, we want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. We want to break those chains. We want to break those things that are weighing you down. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Gateway Sermon Podcast at our Gateway City Church, Clovis Campus. We'll be releasing a new episode every week, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next week.